Warning! We are about to spoil Lupin III, The Castle of Cagliostro. If you haven't seen the film and you plan on watching it, then click away now. Or if you've already seen it, or you just don't care, then please, stick around. Hey! Justin, come on. Yes? Do it right. I did it right. Do it right. I think it was perfect. Do it right, please. <laughs> Seems this film is done by a first-time director, Hayao Miyazaki. Doesn't seem like he's going to be going much further with his career after this one. Good boy. Good. You get a reward. <laughs> Lupin the third. We're like Lupin the second movie. Hey! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cinema Roulette. Today is the only other time to this day that we've gotten a sequel that isn't fucking Lone Wolf and Cub. Off the series wheel, yep. Everything else has been the first movie, and but nope, Lone Wolf and Cub, we've landed on three fucking times. And this is, thank God, the next movie in a series that's actually really fucking good. <laughs> so far, at least. I thought you were going to just segue into the title sequence right there. It would have been good, but... Uh, all right, well, you know yourself. what? It's fucking Lupin Third, the castle of Cagliostro. And today, wow, this is a... Uh, you know, this movie... Um, For once really, we didn't go quiet because I was laughing about something. Yes, you were, and it, it was a very funny joke, audience. Don't worry, it, it was like one of the. It best... was, but camera kept cutting out, except in the audio version. Where it was it just will be. one of the best jokes I've ever made in my entire life. Available so. on Spotify. Oh my fucking god! We already plug ourselves in the description, so they can link. So, no one reads the description. I mean, Do read the description though. Find the artist that made this cool background. Yeah, fucking Teller's Place. They are fantastic. I love them. All right, so. This movie shameless is plugs aside. <laughs> shameless plugs aside. Um, this is the second movie in the loop on the third series, which so far has been really, really good. Um, I will say overall, I don't think we liked it as much as the first one, but it was still a really, really good movie. Yeah. Like uh, the first movie was uh, eight out of 10. This is seven. Yeah. It's like still, it's, it's still good. <laughs> still really good, though, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll let you go ahead with the synopsis, then we can get into the movie. Well, we can still banter a bit. Jeez. I mean, I don't, what do you want to banter about? I'm open to things. I would just want to say, uh, you could call us out for cheating on the first Lupin movie, but is it really that bad that we lied and cheat on a film about thieves? I mean, frankly, just I, saying. I think it's kind of fitting, so. <laughs> it was on brand. Exactly. Well, on brand for the movie, uh, on brand for us, we have to listen to the wheel, and then it abuses us by making <laughs> us watch Onibaba. Go back and listen to that episode too. <laughs> yeah, thematically, it's it fits. So. Uh, also, this is the directorial debut of Hayao Miyazaki. Yep. So that's the interesting. Very first theatrical movie he ever did, because before this, he actually directed a few episodes of the Lupin the Third TV show that was back in the seventies. So. Oh. Yeah, and this was his first time, his first full-on theatrical movie. And for a debut film, really, really fucking solid. 
Yeah, but we can get into that in a bit. Hell yeah. First, let's see what Lupin is up to. So, movie opens with Lupin and Gigan robbing a casino of all of its money. And, of course, they get away because they're the they're the greatest thieves ever. Goemon isn't here yet. He comes in later. <laughs> yeah. But as they're driving away in their buggy, literally flooding with cash, they realize it's all counterfeit. Yeah, because I think one flies in Lupin's face and he's just like, well, throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah, just dump it. And then, But they were really good fakes. So they need to go find where they were made and then steal the machines because that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And they... They go to, uh, well, they go to Spain, and then they go to a made-up country within Spain. Yeah, I think it's literally just the castle grounds are, like, their own country. Cagliostro. And they pronounce it multiple different times in the film, because it's pronounced Cagliostro, but sometimes they say Cagliostro. <laughs> so, so, either there's a G or there isn't. Yeah. Who knows? Who Probably knows? There's like three different. It. There's like three different pronunciations. But on their way to the to their destination of some, ca- I forget why they. I think they were just driving into the country. They weren't even Justin, like in you, a certain direction. Justin, what? the car chase with the girl. I, well, hold on. I'm trying to get to why I, before the car chase. Like they're just kind of heading in. Yeah. Be, um. It's because oh I oh, I knew yeah this. I think they were just kind of driving around hoping to find something because he said like by process of elimination I said it can't be here 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 or here so it has to be here somewhere so they go in the, I think they I think you're right I think they go into the country just kind of looking for it or like he finds out like the city it's most likely to be in or something like that yeah and as they're driving on a, a cliffside road a woman drives past it in a weighing gown very fast. And then a bunch of mobsters crammed in a car chase after her. <laughs> so Lupin, being a good guy, helps her helps her out, but finds out uh, after taking out the mobsters, she kind of fell asleep behind the wheel. She like, and gets over... Huh? She, like, pass, passes out for some reason. <laughs> it got too tense. Yeah. So Lupin gets in, helps scare her out of the car right as it goes over a cliff, and he has a grappling hook now. This grappling hook will be a deus ex machina throughout the film. <laughs> yep. Saves her. But uh, the branch that off the cliffside that I wrapped around breaks. They fall. Lupin gets knocked out. But the woman wakes up and and tries to make sure he's okay by gang, by taking off one of her gloves, getting wet, and putting it on his head and whatnot. No way. It was just to, like, squeeze, use it like a sponge and give him water. Yeah. But she leaves the glove with him as the mobsters come back on a speed steamboat. It's yeah, it's a straight steamboat. It's a really weird boat to have, you know, a speed boat made out of. <laughs> it's like really fast, but it's clearly an old timey steamboat. Yeah. <laughs> uh and when Lupin wakes up, she she's been captured again and he looks inside the glove and finds a ring. The ring he recognizes because it's to a castle, but the castle burnt down. They go to the castle and it burnt down years ago. And there's a groundskeeper there, and he's like, get off. <laughs> Everyone lives in the castle over there now, and it's like, ooh, pretty castle. <laughs> but he wants to return the ring to the princess, who he totally doesn't know. Oh, it turns out the woman is a princess. Her name is Clarice. Clarice. 
But Lupine, Gigan go back to a hotel to try and think out their plan and learn uh, a bit more that there's a royal wedding that's going to be happening, that she was a princess, and who the king is. It also turns out the king is the one counterfeiting money. Yep. And during this, they get attacked by ninjas, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, we're definitely going there. <laughs> if they said ninjas? <laughs> Hell yeah. They also call, they call in Goemon for help. And Lupin calls uh, Zenigata to come and play as a guard. Well, okay, he doesn't know he's playing as a guard, but he gives an anonymous tip that the famous Lupin Third is going to try and rob the royal wedding. Also, they in the dub, they call him Wolf, and Lupin is just his nickname. Yeah, No, it's the other way around, because he has the card that says Lupin, and I think Wolf is his nickname. It's it's oddly confusing. Because he gives him the card, and the card says Lupin, and they say, oh, it says Lupin. And then he's like, oh, the wolf is back, or something like that. Yeah, but everyone calls him wolf like it's his first name. I know, That's it's weird. it's a really weird thing, because I think this was, again, at the time when the Lupin name... It's a dub problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Through antics, only Lupin... Well, Lupin was going to go with Keegan into the castle, but Ge due to water or shenanigans sewer and water shenanigans only lupon gets in he goes and he's like i'm going to save you princess but that but this is only the first act of the movie so no <laughs> we also find out fujiko is there in the castle and she is trying to rob something we don't really find out till the end she's stealing the plates for the money Okay, I'm getting events a bit confused because it's a lot of I will save you, princess, and then not saving the princess. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> what the? That's just how movies work. Mm -hmm. That's how plot goes. <laughs> Sorry, I was reading my notes and I just uh, the moment near the end where Fujiko's just like that's a waste of time and just pulls out a grenade. Oh, yeah! <laughs> that's right. Lupin almost gets basically they're about to break clarice out again no nope nope no on i skipped ahead lupon does fall for trap and gets sent down into basically a dungeon full of corpses zeniga was taken off the case by orders of the king so that way he doesn't find any of the king's misdoings mm -hmm. because he's evil Ooh. And also, uh, this is all being done because with the ring Lupin had and the ring uh, the king has, you can find a secret treasure. And Lu Lupin and Zanga are both down in the basement. They decide to work together because as it will just basically be a win-win. Yeah, he gets to, uh, you know, do his thief stuff and then he gets to uh, uh, lock up. Get a big, uh, big arrest. Big arrest with the count, so... <laughs> They almost succeed, but Lupin is death, almost killed, and being shot a bunch. I think he's only shot once, and it's like through the chest. I thought it was at least three, but still, that's a lot for him. Because yeah. like he gets shot, and it's actually a really cool scene where like you see his half of his tie get off, and like his clothes pop out, so it's not like super brutal, but you still see blood when he hits the roof. <laughs> yeah, um, Clarice then offers. Uh, to stay if she, if the king will let Lupin live. He almost double-crossed her. Luckily, Zanga was in a helicopter and grabs Lupin and Fujiko. 
Well, Fujiko grabs Lupin because he's basically passed out at this point. <laughs> yeah. He still technically grabs both of them. Yep. They go and get Lupin healed. It takes about three days, which means it's wedding day. They go in. They crash the wedding. Uh, Lupin also Joker does a Dark Knight and Joker's all the cash right in the basement. Yep. We did that earlier. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm getting things confused. It's okay. As everyone else is fighting in the main hall of the wedding to try and let Lupin and Clarice escape. They make it to a clock tower. The king gets there. They fight in the clock tower for a bit. The king just gets brutally murdered. <laughs> As per the course so far for Lupin villains. Yeah, they're two for two for just, oh, deaths <laughs> on the main villain. Yep. And they, well, he technically dies because it turns out the clock tower is where you need to put the rings in order to open wherever the secret treasure is. Mm-hmm. Lupin and Clarice fall, but the grappling hook saves them. The dude, the king, puts in the rings, and then the clock shifts to be, like, high noon or midnight, whichever you want it to be. But it crushes him, which makes me wonder how you were supposed to open the treasure. Yeah, actually. I guess it gave him a second to run to the exit, but still. here's the thing, though, is that we find out, you know, that's not actually treasure, you know. But we I, still we don't. Well, know. it's treasure in a technical sense. But we don't know how. You're right. They don't know how he was supposed to escape that. Like, do, do you, they had just had that short of a time period to escape? I guess. <laughs> they needed a grappling hook. Yep. <laughs> uh, turns out the uh, ow, I bit my tongue. Nice. Wow, my mouth has just been to hell at the moment. <laughs> it turns out the treasure is a lost Greece city that was hidden under like inside of a dam under a bunch of water and it, it's treasure because it's treasure for everyone to see the beauty of it. Also, it turned out Clarice uh, saved Lupin back in his early robbing days because he tried to rob the castle before. Almost died, but since she was like 10 at the time, she was like, I will save this man and did. <laughs> Lupin said, says, you're welcome. And she's like, take me with you. He goes, no, and then leaves. <laughs> and then the movie ends with most likely that entire small country going to be held for a bunch of crimes for u- using illegal money for well, literally no. their entire rule. No, that that's not it, because in that country they cheated because they said counterfeiting in that country was not illegal. Yes, but since they traded with other countries, mm-hmm. that's still going to be a problem. Yeah. And that's basically what I was going into, is because um, a little side thing. Uh-huh. Zen... No, not Zanga. Well, technically Zanga. Zanga and Fujiko. Fujiko was dressed up as a news anchor covering the <laughs> wedding. Yeah. Which also, as everything was breaking out, she just keeps killing people who try to stop her yeah. and her cameraman. It's I don't know who this cameraman was, but he just kept <laughs> filming no matter how many people yeah. she shot. It was that was one of the that was one of her best moments in the whole fucking movie because it was just so funny because like she was like clearly having fun giving a play by play and this is happening and this is happening and then she just casually like pulls out a gun and shoots someone behind her and just keeps going. <laughs> Oh, that's great. And uh, Zanga, after working with Lupin earlier, tried to go to like the United Nations. It was like, there's a bunch of counterfeiting going yeah. on. They've been working with illegal money this entire time. And 
but everyone there was paid off so it's like nope nothing here you're just crazy yep pretty much they're but like since it was a lot uh it was a live weighing um fujiko came down with sega he's like oh would you look at this a bunch of counterfeiting <laughs> machines isn't that crazy yeah, it's really funny because he kind of just gets this sarcastic tone of voice in that ending scene <laughs> Yeah, so they're probably going to have a bunch of repercussions that are sadly going to fall on her head now that the Count is dead. <laughs> Since all the rest of the royal family is dead or gone. Yep. So, yeah, good luck with that, Princess Sia! Uh <laughs> Happy ending. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, I must say, for the first film that feature film Hayao Miyazaki ever did, it's still a really good fucking movie and an impressive debut because... Watching this, you can see a lot of Miyazaki's touches throughout it. Yeah, at first I was like, is this is this him showing his style or is this uh, him just making sure he keeps the tone of Lupin? But the more there were like those quiet moments looking at the beautiful mm -hmm. backdrops or nature, I was like, no, this is very Miyazaki. Yeah, and yet it doesn't feel too far out of place, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it still keeps the beat the same beats as the first movie mm -hmm. with without feeling like a well, the same pacing, I should say, not the same yeah. beats. And for the most part, it's definitely still a very relaxing movie as per most Miyazaki movies. Yeah, uh, well, the action is still really cool oh, yeah. and still cartoony enough to be funny. Yeah, like when it gets to the action, the action is really fucking cool. Like that first scene with the ninjas was fucking awesome. That whole fight scene was just cool as fuck. <laughs> or that car chase, oh, like the cartoon so logic there is so much fun. Yeah, like he like he goes up and like drives on the side of the cliff, like on the top of the cliff and then comes back down around the guys. <laughs> Yeah, or as they're grinding the princess's car against the rail, how it just tears apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, and something that's interesting about um, the car as well is that, um, well, if I can fucking find it, I just have my place uh, done. But um, the, the car that he drives in the movie um, is a Fiat 500. And the it was one of the most iconic touches to the series because you know in the first car he just had kind of a small like smaller fancier car but I think throughout the rest of the Lupin series he does actually drive that Fiat Five Hundred. Huh. And um, uh, Lupin's car, um, the one I just mentioned, it was actually the car of head animator. Um, Yasuo Atsuka, I think is how you pronounce it. And then Clarice's car in the chase scene is a. Um, Citrion 2CV, which was Miyazaki's first car. Huh. So that's kind of cool. Interesting little detail. Yeah. Also, that makes the series two for two on car chases, because car chase in the first movie was also fan fucking tastic. Yeah, yeah they're, they're two for two on two major things an amazing high energy car chase and a very brutal villain death. <laughs> Jesus. Honestly, that was just. And it's very zoomed out, so yeah. it's not technically gory, but, you know, it's a dude yeah. getting crushed between two clock hands. Because, yeah, it, it zooms way the fuck out as he's about to get crushed, but, like, you see him, like, trying to push it apart and shit, but then it, like, cuts way out, and you see the clock hands and, like, his red suit in between, but then they just go together, and that's it. <laughs> dead just done dead that was the count's death um and the count was actually played by one of the um inspectors from paranoia agent one of the detectives which i knew his voice i was like i i know his voice i've heard it before 
we should cover Paranoia Agent sometime. That's a great fucking show. Fuck yeah. Oh, man. And if you if you want to check it out, don't worry. A Blu-ray is coming out this October. So buy it. Support uh, the show. Th- this month. Yeah. Right? I think yeah, this is the second week of October. It might yeah. be out by now. I, it might be out by now. Yeah, so go buy it on Blu-ray. It's the first time it's ever been available in the States in anything re- resembling a reasonable price. <laughs> so. Well, no. It was available for a while on DVD. Then it went out of print. And it's been out of print till now it's been out print for like what like a decade probably it's been fucking forever (laughs) probably longer yeah than a decade because before that like i we shit you not that series i know it's a side note but that series went for like a thousand dollars for the whole fucking series oh yeah i think my brother got uh the four discs on ebay for like 900 no not nine, like 400 500 bucks Criminy. but yeah now they're releasing a blu-ray and the steel case is 40 bucks so um if and the the regular one will probably be cheaper so fucking do that but buy that show watch or it's on show. Funimation yeah. now as well yeah so definitely if you just like streaming instead of having physical media like a loser <laughs> so fucking yeah he one of the detectives played him and um I, I i most a lot of like i know lupon's voice actor was the same i'm pretty sure sure um zenyatta and uh, um and the detective um what was his sidekick again uh Gigan? Gigan. I'm pretty sure Gigan and the detective had the same voice. I'm not sure, but um, there were... The detective definitely did. Yeah. But there were a couple of departures that were kind of weird in that sense. Um, Koei mods was so obvious. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, because in the first movie, he had this very deep tone of voice and was very much the stoic ninja. In this one, it's like more high-pitched. It's like, hey guys, how's it going? Or something. (laughs) Yeah, it was clear that they got someone who could do like a at least do a japanese accent or they did get a japanese actor i don't know yeah in the first movie by this one it's clearly just some american dude it's very it's a it's a noticeable difference and fuji fujiko's is a little noticeable it it, i got used to it a little bit though like goyomans i could not get past (laughs) i got used to it but the way fujiko is written it she could basically be named something else and it would not change that's why when she revealed herself to be fujiko i was like oh that was fujiko sure (laughs) because i know i kind of of figured that because they kept oddly focusing on her in scenes and i was like is that supposed Mm -hmm. to be fujiko because like yeah they show her sneaking around the castle and doing things but yeah she takes the glasses off it's just kind of funny it's like sorry i lied to you wait who are you again (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, her character changed a little bit. But yeah, so uh, for the most part, they brought back a lot of the same cast, which was really nice. At least for this dub. Doesn't this have like four different dubs or something? Oh, no, that was Mystery of Mamo. This one has two different dubs. Thank Oh, okay. And the second one was a manga one, which I think also added needless profanity to it. Um, and Why? I, I have no weird. idea because fucking manga like to do that apparently. Um, and but uh, another very fun fact about the manga dub is um, fucking in the guy who voiced Lupin in the second one is David Hayter, Solid Snake himself. <laughs> I. You know, I don't think I like the idea of David Hare voicing Lupin. That would be a little honest. weird, wouldn't it? 
Well, then again, he might not be doing his deep voice. Yeah. I don't honestly know how much range David Hare has. He has a fairly decent range because I was listening to the stream where he signed the fucking photo for me. And his normal talking voice is not that deep. It's a little bit higher or something like that. So, <laughs> Well, yeah, I know it's not as deep as Snake. He needed yeah. to drink whiskey for the fourth game. Yeah, well, that's because he deliberately had to crack his voice. Like, he can basically do this, like, naturally, he said. But, like, he had to, like, deliberately go raspy for old Snake. And it literally just shot his voice. <laughs> uh, so we need to do shots to unshot the voice. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> whiskey coats your throat. Um, but yeah, back to Lupin. What, what, um, where do I even go from here? I know this was bit, a little bit of a, you know, back and forth here, but what should we focus on first? <laughs> I kind of want to focus on one silly thing they imply. All right, sure. <laughs> where, okay, they explain that the royal family had been counterfeiting literally for all time, all the time they've been in power. They caused but, the stock market, stock market crash in the 20s. Yeah, they imply that they're the reason the stock market crashed, which I was just like, really? Like, no, they don't I imply. I think they even... Oh, they say it. They Sorry, straight they don't up imp- say it. Yeah, they don't imply. They straight up say it, and they caused the stock market crash of the 20s. I'm like... <laughs> just everything that had to do with money was their fault it was all oh, the the royal family it was a, it was a little ridiculous <laughs> the Gataliostra ruined the economy. <laughs> the economy. god damn it and, and again i do just love the fucking because they need to get clarice out of the room in order to get to the helicopter yeah and the wind the windows are like bulletproof they're you can't break it with a chair and fucking um uh, oh i can't fujiko. fujiko i don't know why i keep like hesitating on her name interesting but uh fujiko just goes that's a waste of time as clarice hits it with a chair and just pulls out a grenade and tosses it of course you know <laughs> Because Fujiko is also in, like, a military jumpsuit for some reason. She's in that for a lot of the movie. This really weird, like, camo jumpsuit, you know, for sneaking into a castle. Uh... (laughs) Also, uh, Lupin sneaking into the castle the first time must have been super uncomfortable because he was in his normal clothes. (laughs) And over that, he wore uh, Zenigata's outfit so that way he could look like he could get past guards. Yeah. Fucking... And he wore a wetsuit so he could swim in the sewer. Yeah, so it was he was wearing his normal gear on top of the Zenyatta disguise on top of a wetsuit. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been in a wetsuit. Uh-huh. But anyone who has, please tell me what, how uncomfortable it is just to wear, you know, a suit. Yeah. Like, because Lupin's normal clothes is a suit, tie, undershirt, and dress pants. Yeah. So wear that and then put a wetsuit over it and tell me how comfortable that is. Yeah, like, I've worn a wetsuit before, but I've never actually worn anything, like, you know, under said wetsuit, so. Isn't, aren't they, like, skin tight, basically? Yes, yeah, like, it depends on the wetsuit, really. I think the one I was wearing was a little looser, but, yeah, they're, like, they're they're supposed to be really tight, you know, to keep you waterproof, so. It's just weird. Just on that, on top of that, so. Um, yeah, those are just a few 
odd things. Yeah, so those were a couple of odd details. Um, but the rest of the film was really solid. Like I said, the action when it happens is really fucking cool. <laughs> so. Yeah, and the ninjas are creepy because they have like this gorilla movement, and they have these gloves with yeah. long, spiky fingers. So like, yeah, they're basically just knives on each finger that they use to like, you know, thrust their hands at and try to cut people. Um, but yeah, again, they the wanted to fright Kruger people. Yeah, but the scene at night when they break into the hotel is just really cool. I just love the action. Like, you, they like it was just so fast. It was like they stab at it, and then someone blocks it, and then like uh, his partner grabbed the gun and then shot it off, and then Lupin like throws something on the ground to explode to blind them and it's just the way it explodes is just cool because like his eyes are like the only thing you see and it's just rad as fuck <laughs> well he throws down a flashbang and quickly puts on yeah. uh, sun like glass sunglasses yeah. or something and it's a very anime thing where the sunglasses are all white or something like that it just looked cool as fuck <laughs> yeah that whole scene was just awesome yeah <laughs> And then the fucking, the final action scene too was really good. Like even, um, when, when like chaos broke out in the church and all that. <laughs> oh yeah. Just everything going to hell, uh, go, goemon slicing up, up dudes yeah. and fucking, okay. This is PG 13. Yes. And Geekin just has an anti-tank rifle. <laughs> She's straight up has an anti-tank rifle. Those people are fucked. Yeah, like, he clearly shoots a couple people with it. Yeah, those people are just dead, straight dead. Um, And I think there's a there's scene... There's a lot of murder in oh, this, yeah. actually. And there's a scene as well where, um, like, they're trying to break out of the castle in the middle of the film when she's with uh, the... Uh, Clarice and like they open a door and she just like straight out pulls a machine gun fires it at people and I think you see some blood come out of them and they're, they're I'm like well they're dead <laughs> uh, in the hotel scene when they're struggling with the ninjas um Gigan gets a straight up headshot out and yep. it, I'm pretty sure it flashes red for like half a second mm, I think he headshotted him but there was like armor underneath I'm pretty sure Still an attempt. It's yep. still on the headshot list. No, it is. I'm not arguing. my letterbox, shameless plug. I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying I think there was armor underneath. Like, it shot him in the head and he, like, stumbled back. Uh, but still, still he... Still pretty brutal. He at least has a concussion from that. Like, that's not going to protect you from, you know, a bullet going into armor. <laughs> yeah, uh, random fun fact. They, um... The U.S. tried to make a bulletproof face mask for, like, SWAT... And soldiers, there was one problem. If you got shot in the mask, it would knock you unconscious. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would stop the bullet, but all the force of the bullet would be put into the mask, which pushes against your face and knocks you out. Exactly. It's still a bullet flying at you at the speed a bullet normally does. So. <laughs> yeah, that force needs to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just find that funny to imagine someone <laughs> yeah. like kicking down doors like bully bang just knocked just unconscious falls back. yeah like it's like there's a, like a fucking like james bond q lab where they're just testing and they like fire the gun in his face and it just gets knocked out it's like god damn it not again <laughs> i would hope it'd make a frying pan style ding yeah. when you shot it just <laughs> that would be amazing anyway um, random tangent over <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, that and um the characters were still really well done. Um 
I know that a lot of people, it wasn't really a complaint, but they pointed out how Miyazaki kind of changed a lot of their personalities. And for some like hardcore fans, that wasn't too well received. But um, it's it, it's very different than, you know, um, especially the side characters, because Lupin's doesn't change all that much, honestly. Well, Lupin isn't as much of a horn dog, but the yeah. person he's protecting was a ten was a person he knew originally as a 10-year-old who saved his life. And it's not so. its not really just even in the horny aspect. It's just that he he's definitely more of a valiant hero than an anti-hero as portrayed in the, on the last film and in the comics, I guess. Yeah, but again, it makes sense here because it's yeah. the person that saved his life. Because he's trying to repay a debt, exactly. You can see his motive for not being, you know, a straight-up piece of shit but <laughs> um the one i noticed kind of the most was um G- is sidekick gigan uh yes Egan. his was the one i noticed the most because instead of being like you know even partners he was very much more of lupin's sidekick kind of just following him around and doing whatever lupin says oh so goemon was a lot less stoic he was just yeah he also was just more of like following or it's like okay ball yeah pretty much but like that that's one of the things that gigan says the most is like what now boss okay boss what boss boss <laughs> boss yeah um whereas in the other movies you know they have arguments and he's not afraid to just walk away if it doesn't benefit him so um, yeah and of course like i get why they changed fujiko because in the last movie and i guess most of them um she there's very much erotic elements to her so i get why they oh, toned- she Part of her character is she uses how hot she is yeah. to to get past people. Exactly. So I get why they toned that down a little bit. <laughs> Actually, this is just a random thing I noticed. Uh-huh. Because uh, last movie, you know, like you said, uh, Fujiko is very erotic. And they show, they try to show her off. Oh, absolutely. They absolutely show her off. <laughs> In this one, there was a lot of ass shots on Lupin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I'm not mad. It's exactly. Just... It's like Lupin ha- kind of has more of a plump ass than Fujiko. <laughs> it's funny when... It, it's just a very odd experience yeah. when the male main character is more sexualized yeah. than the than the female. I'm perfectly yeah. okay with that. Same, same. It's like, fucking hell, John. <laughs> I agree with the Metal Gear Solid school yes. of character design where everyone is hot as hell. Exactly. Everyone has a great ass. Male, female, doesn't matter. Everyone has a great ass. <laughs> Are you a 50-year-old man? Guess what? You get a plump ass in Metal Gear Solid. You get a good ass, boy, big boss. You get a good, back, good ass. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then... Um, yeah, like everyone else is the same. It's just I think I noticed um Dice or not Dice K, fucking his partner. I always forget I Gigan? Gigan. I, I I'm forgetting that one for some reason, but Gigan and Fujiko I definitely noticed the most. <laughs> yeah. Like like we said earlier, Fujiko could have been a completely different yeah. character and nothing it, will change. Yeah, she yeah, it, it honestly, like the <laughs> I would have understood if that was not Fujiko. But it was, so... She turned out to be an international spy, or if she turned out to be an undercover cop, uh-huh. either will have worked the same. Yep. <laughs> At least will have explained why she yeah. had the camo outfit, I guess. I guess so. Yeah, just it just doesn't make sense. It's like, isn't the whole point of wearing a camo jumpsuit so that you blend in? I'm going to a... I'm going to blend into the gray walls of <laughs> yes. a castle. 
with camo, of course. <laughs> um, Where'd that Lego? Oh no, there's new moss on the wall. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like very obviously her. It's just like, where did she go? <laughs> um, also, okay, her hair color changes. Yeah, she's a blonde fun. for most of the film instead of, what was it, more of a redhead? I think it was a redhead last yeah. movie. Or Burnett, one of the two. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, so going by the logic of she's changing her hair to blend in or whatnot, you wear green and you have bright yellow hair. (laughs) To blend in. Where are you hiding? In a tree looking right at the sun? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? It just doesn't fucking make sense for where she's trying to hide out, you know? (laughs) Uh. It makes me laugh. Yeah, like, I would have actually gotten if, like, the blonde hair was a wig or something, and she takes it off to actually go stealth around, but... Yeah, or she, you know, like, put a hat on or a hood. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, or, yeah, that's... Or ski mask, whichever. <laughs> and the animation is still really fucking solid. It's still very up to standard, um, especially for a film made a year after Mamo, so... <laughs> yeah, I... These were both made in the 70s, right? Yep. Mystery of Mamo was 78, and this one was 79, so... I completely couldn't tell. It yeah. felt like... I would say it had almost 90s-level animation, yeah. which is super impressive. It was very, 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 very super high standards, and probably because, you know, they had a much higher budget as well, because I always forget, too, that sometimes that Akira was made in 1988, yet that looks like it was made in, like, the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I guess, um, it's just they gave a lot of budget because, you know, um, Lupin the Third is an iconic manga series. It's arguably one of the most well-known ones, so. Yeah, you don't hear many people talk. I yeah. don't think I've heard a single person talk about the film, so. Yeah, so isn't that interesting? So I'm glad we're doing this and because so far the series has been really fucking solid. Um, the music is still fucking bitch, and I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry you said that. It's not like you said bidgeon for what, me. What, what happened was I, I, tr- I, in my brain, I said jammin', but I tried to say uh-huh. bitchin', so it came out as bidgeon. <laughs> the bidgeon. Yes, but the music is still great. I think it was the same composer for the first movie that came back for this one, um, and it got it's it. just so jazzy. So jazzy. It's so beboppy, and I goddamn love it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> um... Also, the villain just—I don't—I don't want to say he's like great, but as mm-hmm. just a villain, he's solid. He's—he's yeah. he's evil. You—you kind of get he—he's just kind of evil for evil's sake. There's no real. Yeah. Oh, that's why you're doing this. It's just I want money. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's not deep or anything. And I know this was geared more towards a younger audience, like teens or whatever. But yeah, at the same time, it's not a deep villain or anything. It's just. He's, he's good, serviceable, very greedy yeah, bastard. He's, he's fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but also, are we just going to ignore the fact he was about to marry his cousin? That's just... Was it? That's just kind of, well, yeah, they're both in the same royal family. Just their family got separated eventually because it grew uh, so big. Yeah. But they were going to come back together, which is just kind of icky. <laughs> What in the cousin fucking <laughs> Alabama? Unless I'm getting that wrong, but I don't know. <laughs> he was probably just going to kill her anyway, and then get probably the, whatever just, the treasure yeah, was. Get the treasure for himself or whatnot. Um, yeah, but 
Yeah, everything, everything about this film, it's just a good fucking movie. I, again, didn't like it. Was, I don't think it's as good as the first, but it's still a really, really solid movie and one that I definitely recommend watching. Yeah, and also it's clear where Hayao is that it's a Hayao Miyazaki yeah. film, as we said earlier, and it's kind of interesting to see where he started. Yeah, exactly. And um, like as soon as like the guy came in on that like um, weird airplane looking thing, it wasn't an airplane. I'm like, oh yeah, this is definitely a Miyazaki film. <laughs> yeah, or just all the nature yeah. shots, like especially the opening credits. There's so many glamour shots oh, of just yeah. beautiful backgrounds. Which I'm pretty sure they actually took from like a lot Miyazaki's like drawings like traveling around, so Well that's nice. Yeah. Um also fun fact about this film. Um I like fun facts. Yes. <laughs> and I do like this film, so go on. Hell yeah. Um just a little behind the scenes stuff. It says the production for the film began in May 79 with the writing of the story and storyboarding for the film. Miyazaki began by drawing a bird's eye view of the setting before creating the story to completion. After the first draft scenario was returned to Miyazaki without change, he began the storyboards. The story was divided into four parts, but after reaching the third part, changes had to be made to the storyboard phase in order to not exceed the uh, desired running time. Animation work began in July while the storyboards were only a quarter complete miyazaki had to complete them during the production and Damn. grand total it says production wrapped up at the end of november and the film's premiere was in the 15th of december 79 um which was a short seven and a half months from the project's undertaking with only five months of production time holy shit yeah they did this in total of seven months fuck it uh, oh, what's the dude's name? He made the original Little Shop of Horrors. The one in the 50s? Yes. Roger, Roger Corman? Corman? Yeah. yeah. Roger Corman, eat your fucking heart out. Yeah. Wait, this, this film was made in five months? Yeah, well, pr the production was made in five months. From the time they started, it was seven months. So, like, when they start from seven time... Seven months for this good of a movie? That's yeah. fucking impressive. Isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> And it was done on the first, like, it was approved on the first draft. Yep, first draft. He, he got sent back without any change, and then he went right into storyboards. Um, so, yeah, it began in, began in May 79 and was released in December of 79. <laughs> also, that's a really interesting way to do what's technically a heist movie of doing an overview map. Yeah. And it, planning it out from there. Yeah, isn't that fucking cool? <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> yeah so <laughs> there's an our first time directorial debut that's terrifying to compare yourself to <laughs> right exactly <laughs> i i made a fantastic lupon movie in seven months yep. as my first feature length movie fuck you <laughs> eat shit <laughs> pretty much uh just show, it just really goes to show how good of a fucking animation director miyazaki is <laughs> I need to actually watch more Miyazaki. Me and my brother plan doing a nice marathon in October. Oh, fuck yeah. Because, you know, what says horror like Miyazaki? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, is there anything else we have to say on this? Uh, no. 
I think that's about it. Yeah, because one thing I do have to say um, is someone actually corrected us in our um, review of Mamo. Someone commented because we said, you know, why not just call him Lupin? Why call him um, Wolf or something? Um, it turns out Wolf is actually the literal translation of Lupin. And at the time, the estate that who, the guy who wrote the original Lupin move or Lupin novels in like the 1800s or whatever, they had a, like a really mm-hmm. big copyright crackdown on the name. So did, they just kind of had to use Wolf. Huh. So yeah, thank you to uh, the person who corrected us there, who I'm going to find out so I can call them out by username. Uh, <laughs> and that's enough of a pause for you to edit that in. Yep. yep. Um, Besides that, I guess yeah. it's time to... Ru- Rupan Sensei. Rupan Sensei is his name. Okay. Thank you. So anyway, it is time, my dudes. <laughs> I guess it's time to get to the series wheel. Fuck yeah. See what series we get next. Uh, what TV series do we have next? Because we just finished Star and now next we have... We have uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Right. Okay, so next episode will be Bubblegum Crisis Part 1. And then yep. whatever movie we land on. As soon as we... <gasps> well, actually, wait. Hold on. <laughs> you got this. As soon as we spin. Ooh, something for October. All right, what do we get? We're getting the first Nightmare on Elm Street. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, okay. Uh, the reason Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street are on here, Scream is basically watchable for all movies and there's only four of them now there will be five mm-hmm. and we will probably have to sit through that because it will come out before we're done with this wheel yep and the reason we have nightmare on elm street and i'll probably mention this again in the episode is because out of all the long-running slashers nightmare on elm street is always entertaining even at its worst yeah even the bad ones have something redeemable and worth watching about them so either the kills or just honestly being funny either the kills or just you know robert england being a badass <laughs> robert england is fantastic we are not covering the remake no sorry that's where we draw the line we are not covering that it's just bad it's just the first movie done worse <laughs> yeah it's, if you want someone to cover it go watch dead meat <laughs> yeah it's the first movie done worse and it frankly gets way too uncomfortable so yeah Ugh. but we'll talk about that a bit more We'll mention the remake in the next episode. So, yeah. And by, yeah, not reviewing it, just mentioning it. Because that's all it deserves. (laughs) That's that's all it deserves. So, yeah. Stay tuned for that, ladies and gentlemen. And we will uh, see you uh, next time. I got nothing. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Cinema Roulette. If you want to follow our hosts, Justin is at JKPancake on Twitter. And Cameron is at Cameron Picks Inc. on Twitter. You can watch the video version of the podcast. Sometimes you actually get to see our host faces at CamCam on YouTube. Or just look up Cinema Roulette Podcast. Thank you so much to Teller's Place for their artwork that we use mainly in the YouTube version and you can kind of see on the podcast version. If you enjoyed the show, please consider either subscribing to it or rating us on whatever podcast app you use. That would be cool of you.